Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. It's time for Come and Talk It with your host, Michael Cargill, brought to you by Texas Law Shield. Over the last decade, Michael has championed and supported the rights of law-abiding Texans to own and use firearms. He is the owner of Central Texas Gunworks, a veteran of the United States Army, and has achieved national exposure in such prestigious media outlets such as Forbes Magazine, Fox Business News, CNN Money, AOL, BBC World News, Huffington Post, and the New York Times. Cargill vigorously defends lawful gun ownership in this country without regard to party politics. And now, here's Michael Cargill. Austin, Texas, the live music capital of the world. Let's praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. All right, so you know what? January 31st, Tuesday is going to be D-Day. D-Day number one when it comes to the brace band. Also, we're going to talk about Tyre Nichols is the, you know, that's going to be the, the worst murder by a police officer ever. We'll talk about that later on the, on the bottom half of the show. But first, I want to talk to you about this brace band. Man, 40, uh, I say 40 million people are going to be turned to felons overnight real soon, especially as we get closer to Memorial Day. But your D-Day, the day you need to remember, is January 31st because things are going to change on Tuesday for you. And we have inside the studio, we have a special guest, uh, James Jim Willie. Jim is going to talk to us about Texas Gun Trusts. We'll talk about that texasguntrust.com and give you some options between today and tomorrow because on tuesday you might want to think differently about what you're going to do so jim welcome to come and talk it sir right in the mic there all right yeah so how you doing sir i'm doing great how you doing outstanding so you know <clears throat> jim you know the the brace band is upon us uh, it's going to be put in the registry on Tuesday, January 31st. And when that happens, that's day number one of what? Well, the ATF, um, you know, for many, many years, uh, for about, I guess, seven years, uh, they allowed something called a stabilizing brace. And the stabilizing brace, the main idea was to uh, allow um, um, parallel, you know, veterans uh, that to be able to still strap a um, – AR pistol to their arms to help them be able to exercise their Second Amendment rights and, and be able to possess things, too. Um, over the years, it's developed into something that I've been calling a poor man's SBR, poor man's <laughs> shortbow rifle. So everybody uh, out there bought uh, these pistol brace guns um, and have been shouldering them and shooting as if they're shortbow rifles uh, for years. And then, of course, there's, you know, people disagree um, ATF thinks there's three to seven million uh, braces out there, brace guns, um, and then Congressional Research Service says ten to forty million. Mm. So, um, yeah. 
But because ATF says how many? ATF says three to seven million braces in existence. Right. And but uh, the congressional Congress says ten to forty million. Ten to forty million. That's a lot. But it's it's hard to figure out, you know, how many are actually out there, you know, because a lot of people did this. And you know, and and whenever new laws go into effect, they always affect a certain group of people. So I hope you're paying attention because it's going to affect you. You got to figure out what are your options right now, because today and tomorrow you have some bigger options. On Tuesday, your options get smaller. And then as we get into Memorial Day, don't drop the soap. And we're going to talk about that as well. <laughs> so, all right. So, Jim, uh, we, <laughs> I like to call it like it is. Yeah, uh, from TexasGunTrust.com. Jim, you know, tell us what are our options? What are people supposed to do right now? Okay. Well, you know, I've been a big proponent for um, I don't know, the last 12 years of whenever you're buying something that's governed by the National Firearms Act, NFA, uh, that the best way to own them is uh, – is to use a trust. So there's basically two ways to do it. You can either buy as an individual or you can buy as a trust. The big problem with buying it as an individual is that you're the only one in the world that can ever be in possession of the NFA firearm till the day you die. Um, and then when you die, then the executor is the only one who can possess it. And then after that, they have to try to figure out somehow to get it out of the estate and follow all the rules of the ATF to get it out of the estate. Most of the times, that's so expensive and complicated, those get turned in okay. uh, and not actually get passed to the beneficiary. But you can form for, it, form for it over from an individual to a trust. Absolutely. So okay. when I first got into this, I bought my first two silencers in my own name because I didn't know what I was doing either. You know. And then when I uh, got my tax stamps home, there's my name on the tax stamp for my two silencers. And it dawned on me that I'm the only person in the world that can uh, be in possession until the day I die. So when I explained that to my wife, that, hey, I've got to keep these things locked up or you have no access whatsoever for the rest of my life, otherwise you're the one committing the felony, she right. wasn't real happy about that. Right. So You can't even let someone use it at the range. Yes, you can. You sure? Um, yes. Um, there, was a, there was some um, arguments about this uh, couple, uh, la the last two weeks, um, and the ATF retracted some of these comments because they clearly were wrong. So they so, took their, their Q&A answer back. Right. Okay. Um, so the, the rule has always been as long as you're standing right there supervising, somebody else can shoot it. Um, and that's why, you know, if you go to a dealer and buy a silencer, that they can put it in your hands and let you hold it and feel it before you buy it. Right. So, um, so it's the same principle. The rule is uh, rule of thumb, can't let it leave your sight. Mm. Okay? But if you want to be able to lend it to somebody else uh, so they can use it outside your presence, so outside, you know, your you know, area, you're not around. Then, um, then the best way to hold them is to have them registered to a gun trust, which is what I do. And, um, and if you buy it, it's almost the same exact paperwork that's being filed to get it in your own name, except when you get your tax stamp in, then it shows that it's owned by a trust instead of you. And then after you get it home, well, then if you uh, all throughout your lifetime, if you want to make somebody an authorized user, then you have to make them a trustee. Mm. And so then I... When I got into this, uh, after I'd been doing it for a while, I had an idea to um, come up with some extra documents that allow people to add and remove trustees all throughout their lifetime whenever they felt like it to make it a lot easier for me personally to be able to, you know, to, be able to have that option of letting other people be in possession. You follow that? Yeah, I follow you. Okay. And then, um, and then what the other thing I added to that was um, – I added the ability to make somebody either a long-term trustee with no termination date, mm -hmm. like somebody 
barge of stuff all the time. Okay. Um, or you can make somebody a trustee for just a time period like a weekend while they're borrowing your stuff. Okay. Or you're going on a hunting trip with somebody and don't have to worry about whether they got too far away from you to be legal. Mm. Make them a trustee for the weekend. You don't have to worry about it. And then when the trip is over, that one goes in the trash. It never happened. No reason to keep it in your files. Okay. And then I have another form for removing people. Um, so if you change your mind about somebody long term for any reason whatsoever. Right. Okay. So. Yeah, because yeah, there's some people, you know, that upset me. You know, I just want to make sure you don't have access to my stuff. Yeah. I'm, um, I'm angry. After Thanksgiving, Christmas, we had that argument at the table, and I just want to remove them from the trust. Right. That's one reason. <laughs> well, that, you know, that doesn't happen much, but that's one idea. Yeah. Okay. Um, so. All right. All right. So when we come back from the break, uh, we're going to talk about what's going to happen on January 31st and why that's different and what you can do now, today, Sunday, what you can do tomorrow, January the 30th. But then on Tuesday, things are going to change a little bit. And then once it's in the registry, which is supposed to happen on Tuesday, January 31st, you know, you got a little time frame in there that there's some things that you'll be able to do between now and like right around Memorial Day. We're going to talk about that. When we come back from the break. This is Michael Cargill and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Peace. This is Maj Toure. You're listening to Come and Talk It Radio with Michael Cargill. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right, so we're back and we're talking about this ATF brace ban that's going to go into, well, it's going to be put in the registry on January 31st, allegedly. And so we'll see if that actually happens. And then when that happens, some things are going to change. And we're talking with the TexasGunTrust.com, Jim Willie here. And Jim is telling us about, hey, Jim, you know, what's going to happen? Well, what do people need to do today and Monday if they have one of those brace bands? Okay. (laughs) So today, if you have a pistol, uh, a, a firearm with a pistol brace on it, so we call them pistol brace firearms, they are still not regulated by the National Firearms Act of 1934 NFA. So right now they're just regular uh, regular pistols, and um, if you, so, if you want to uh, transfer them um, into your gun trust, you have to assign them to the trust uh, using you know, uh, forms we provide, and uh, so you can freely do that um, up until um, Monday at 11:59 p.m. <laughs> and uh, so the next day, now that's an NFA firearm. And you can't transfer NFA firearms without paying the $200 transfer tax and submitting ATF applications, asking for permission to transfer them. Uh, but uh, what happens before? Uh, so that's uh, the Form 4 application. Now, the problem is on Tuesday, if you it becomes an illegal SBR, shoreboard rifle. And so they're not transferable at all until they get legally registered somehow. Okay? So... Um, if you file, if you assign it to the trust before Monday, one or before Monday, then you have the option of being able to file an ATF Form 1 application and get the thing legally registered for free to a trust. If you do not assign them um, one or before Monday, then you have a couple different options. Uh, One, you can file it as an individual, and you can get the free Form 1 um, tax stamp for as an individual but not a trust. And then then if you do that, when you get the tax stamp, now it's a legal registered shortbore rifle. But now, again, you're the only one who could ever be in possession to the day you die. Mm. And so then if you wanted to fix that problem that you just created for yourself, well, then you would have to file an ATF Form 4 application, um, ask for permission, transfer from you to your trust, pay the $200 transfer tax, and then submit fingerprints and photographs, go through a complete another another FBI background check, wait for about a year or so, let's say, till they approve it, and then they mail you a brand-new tax stamp showing that it's now registered to your trust. Hmm. So you can beat all that by assigning everything on or before Monday. Okay. okay. You had a question? Mm-hmm. You good? All right, so then Monday rolls around. Well, Tuesday rolls around. Yep. Now what? People are going to be calling me crying about this. (laughs) So they've already been calling me crying for the last uh, two weeks, and we've been trying to uh, encourage them to get uh, everything assigned to the trust ASAP. Because on Tuesday, Uh, it's supposed to go into the registry. If it goes into the registry, then that means it's what? It's too late to assign them now. Because it's it's illegal. It's an illegal firearm. And it's regulated by the NFA, so it's not uh, something that's freely transferable like a rifle, pistol, shotgun anymore. It's... it's, uh, a highly regulated uh, thing like a silencer or fully automatic weapon, short-barreled shotgun, short-barreled rifle. It's a short-barreled rifle in, in the mind of the ATF because they have reclassified those stabilizing braces essentially to be stocks. 
what if I what if I take it apart? You can remove it. Um, so in fact, that's one of the options they have here on this uh, frequently asked questions. Uh, the one was to submit the um, the um, form one application within 120 days of the date of publication. So that's Tuesday. Um, it begins the 120 day mark into the, the like end of like May or something like Memorial Day. Well, that's four months. So, Is it? Um, yeah. yeah. So I think you're about right. Yeah. And then the other option they've got here, it's I'm reading this, permanently remove or alter the stabilizing brace that cannot be reattached and thereby removing it from the regulation as a firearm in the NFA. So they're saying not only just removing it, but you have to make it so it cannot be reattached. And in their mind, that means destroy it um, so that you cannot attach your gun anymore. Or if I put it in a storage space, um, I go rent a, you know, you rent storage space. And I put it in there. I don't have any firearms in there, then it can't be readily attached. Right. Uh, so uh, yeah, if you t- just merely take it off, <clears throat> I'm just thinking out loud. Yeah, yeah, I get it. When if you just take it off, and here now here's the pistol, here's the stabling's brace on the table. They consider that to be constructive possession mm. of a shoreball rifle, which is still a felony. And so that's why they're telling everybody to destroy the um, stabilizing brace, throw it in the trash, um, be done with it. But um, but I think that it's also now not a firearm, and it could be stored somewhere else, um, not in you know not uh, ne- near the gun, so that you don't have it's not readily assembled, cannot be readily assembled, and so that is not constructive possession. Okay. All right. So then that's that's going to be we're talking Tuesday. So Tuesday, if you haven't already done your trust. And, and gotten and, assigned to the trust. And gotten it signed to the trust by Monday, actually. Yeah. Then on Tuesday, they need to do exactly what again? One more well, time. Well, they can do two things. They can file it uh, and get a free Form 1, um, and that's... Um, but, uh, but they have to do it as an individual. As an individual owner. Not as a trust. Right, which is a crummy way to own them. Uh, the other one is take off the stabilizing brace, throw it in the trash. Um, and that's uh, that's what a lot of people are going to be doing. But... If you then later changed your mind and you wanted to make it a shoreball rifle, you have to file a Form 1 application. You have to pay the $200 manufacturing tax, submit the fingerprints and photographs, undergo FBI background check, and, your, and a copy of the trust, and then you can register it into the trust uh, that way, which okay, is so, the normal so way. So what if I, I buy my trust today yep. and then, you know, say February 10th or whatever, um, I backdate it. That's illegal. <laughs> I'm just thinking out loud. Yeah, and I'm uh, I'm sure a lot of notaries all over the place are going to be asked to do that, but it's so those uh, things have to be notarized. Yeah, they uh, they don't have to be notarized. So that's another thing. What if what if I write a letter saying that I'm signing this? You know, I write a letter. I'm signing this gun with this this make, model, serial number, uh, this description to the trust. There's no requirement under Texas law that trust be notarized. There's no requirement of Texas law that assignments be notarized. Mm-hmm. It's merely traditional. Okay. okay. But the ATF, that when they uh, said, you know, here's what we want, here's what the uh, proof we're going to need, documentary evidence, they threw in this little thing that we would expect to be seeing a notarized document. And so then, of course, people were blowing up my phones wondering if we had to have notarized assignments or not. And so um, as a conservative measure, we um, – we uh, wanted to make sure everybody was providing notarized documents. 
Okay. Now, there was a big discussion among estate planning attorneys, which is what we really do. You know, that's what our main thing is, atxelderlaw.com. And, uh, <laughs> and, um, uh, but during COVID, there was a big discussion among all the estate planning attorneys all over the country whether or not you absolutely positively had to notarize trusts and assignment forms because it was so difficult to get to notaries. Mm. And so this, the discussion led to the thing that uh, – the conclusion of most of the people around the country was that you really, the Texas trust code and all these other trust codes all over the place do not require notaries. Mm. And so a lot of people started taking the notary box off for the convenience of their clients. And unfortunately under this stuff, Texas can't provide any coverage at all. There's nothing that the state of Texas can do to help Texans and shield them from this ban. What they could do is the same thing they w- did with silencers a couple years ago. But we got to wait until that makes it through the court. The le- well, they what they did in the legislature in I believe 2021. Correct. They decriminalized uh, silencers in Texas, and so we're not going to enforce your federal law for you, and you can't use our police resources to enforce federal law. But that doesn't take that doesn't stop the ATF from coming in and arresting the themselves. Can come do it, but they don't have the manpower. Right. So if they, I think the Texas legislature ought to decriminalize shoreboard rifles, uh, because now um, this again, um, you can't. If you get pulled over by a police officer in Austin, he sees a pistol brace um, uh, gun that has now suddenly become an SBR. They can arrest you and prosecute you under Texas law. Right, uh, and they're basically enforcing the pistol brace ban for the ATF. Mm. So I, th- I think the end game here for the Texas legislature is to decriminalize shoreboard rifles so it's no longer a Texas law issue. And I even have I have lawmakers calling me. Mm-hmm. I have attorneys calling me. I have every everyone from every walks of life are actually, you know, actually possess one of these rifles or pistols. Everybody yeah. has. Yeah, they're, they're like all over the place. These like, pistols are everywhere. This is very this is what they call common use. How in the world can you ban common use? That's what the courts are going to have to decide. All right. We come back from the break. We're going to talk about that and more. We're also going to talk about Tyree Nichols and the body cam footage, which is very hard to watch. Going to take a look at that on the bottom half of the show. But we're going to talk a little bit more about this brace ban because January 31st is D-Day. That's the day some things are going to change. You know, if you don't, you got to get it worked out now so you can get into a trust now by today or tomorrow. Come Tuesday, you can't put in a trust. Got to do it as an individual. And then guess what? If you haven't had anything worked out by Memorial Day, then you're done. Don't drop the soap. Or should I say don't pick it up? This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Hi, this is Stephen Willenford, the Barefoot Defender. I get my global gun news from Michael Cargill at Come and Talk It. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now, here's Michael Cargill. All right, so Zach, man, this is a lot to unpack right here. It's a, a lot going on, a lot to think about. You know, so I know a lot of people have braces. I know a lot of people have AR pistols. And, you know, just taking apart is still an SBR. You remove the brace. You know, you have even that, that little thing we're talking about. What is that thing called? The little shockwave blade. Yeah, the blade. Even with the blade, they actually use that as an example. So the blade is even going to be an SBR. That's going to be illegal as well. You, it's you gotta. What go about an process. AR pistol with just the buffer tube? Yeah. Uh, what do you think? That's a tough one because uh, depending on who you talk to, some... I've had some attorneys say yes, some attorneys right. say no. And yeah, we don't were, they uh, say that it's integral to the function of the firearm or something like that? Well, I, and I we can read it. We're reading it two different ways. So mm-hmm. and if, so, depending on what lawyer you're listening to, you might get a different answer. But the way I inter- uh, what the way I understood it was this entire thing is all about stabilizing braces just in general. So either if you do not have a stabilizing brace on the gun, then this entire regulation doesn't apply. That's the way I read it. Mm-hmm. And then I uh, read another section that basically says that if it has a standard um, buffer tube that's uh, which is about six inches long, I believe, and it's required to make the gun cycle, then I believe that is not an SBR. So if you had an extra long buffer tube for some reason, maybe they would ha- they would have a problem with that. Mm-hmm. What would you think uh, if you just cut a tennis ball open and pop that on the back of the buffer tube? So they're they're p- paying particular attention to this idea called surface area, and mm-hmm. so you just added surface area. Uh, that was not necessary for the function of the gun. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I believe they would consider that to be an SBR. Mm. What do you think? What do you think? Uh, I don't know. Because that's an accessory. <laughs> I don't know. That's why I yeah. would like to know. Yeah. <laughs> but Just spitballing. Okay. But anything that's uh, not necessary to the function of the gun, I think anything you add that adds surface area, you just... You built yourself a homemade treading, yeah. Some, uh, yeah. This is this is going to be the worst thing they've ever done because, like I said, you know, you can't. There's so many different attorneys that are, you know, that agree, disagree, whatever on, you know, how this is all playing out, and it's people are totally confused. FFL dealers are confused. 
um, you know, what are, what do FFL dealers do with the ones they have in their stock? Mm-hmm. You know, um, are they supposed to separate those or destroy those? You know, what's supposed to happen with those? We don't have any answers. We're not getting any guidance whatsoever from the ATF. No guidance whatsoever. Well, they they are adding actually some guidance here. So, For federal uh, firearms license dealers? Absolutely. Okay. So here's uh, this section that we were talking about was uh, what they, we had talked about just now was uh, an individual non-licensee in possession of one of these stabilizing braces. The next section they talk about is an FFL non-SOT, um, which is basically you're not a manufacturer, you're just a seller, retailer. Um, they pretty much have the same options as an individual. You uh, either uh, file a f- uh, Form 1 application within the 120 days uh, as the FFL, or you remove the stabilizing brace so it can't be reattached, so that means they're telling you to destroy it, or remove the short barrel, add a 16-inch or longer barrel, thus removing it from the NFA. And then here's the ones that are hilarious. Turn the firearm into your local ATF office. Mm. If you feel like you're at that point in your life where you have to do that, I want you to call me first because I am a collection point for um, guns that need to be turned in the ATF. <laughs> um, and then uh, then the last one was even better. Destroy the firearm. Mm. That's a sin. Yeah. So <laughs> so they're not really giving uh, any practical options. What, what if you're an, an FFL and you you have an SOT. Okay. So that's the next section right here. It says, if it's equipped with a stabilizing brace, it's in your possession, complete and submit through e-forms, a, an ATF Form 2 within 120 days of publication in the Federal Register. Form so, 2? Yeah. That's, uh, that's a good one. I notice never... of firearms manufactured and imported, ATF Form 2. So in, oh, no. Now I got to pay an SOT. Yeah, you're an SOT. I got to pay a... Um... The uh, what do you call that? The God, what is that tax? It's probably manufacturing. No, it'll come back to me. The the um, oh, it'll come to me. Go ahead. So you're uh, so to the extent you have in your inventory, you the SOT, um, have all these things that were formerly pistols. And Tuesday morning, when you wake up, their SBRs, you've got 120 days to file the ITAR. So then, yeah. if I manufacture, I got to pay the ITAR. I don't know. And you have to pay it every year after that. If once you, you start, one year, right once now. you start, you can't stop. Yeah. And then, of course, the other option for you is to uh, re- you know remove the stabilizing brace so it can't be reattached, and thereby removing it from the NFA, turn it into a long gun, or turn the firearm into your local ATF uh, office or destroy the firearm. And again, if you feel like you need to do that, Mike, um, here, give me a call. I'll come pick them up for you. All right. So, what if um, what if I just Separate the, remove the, the brace, brace. Take you know, take apart the, you know, the pistol. Put in two different pieces, so it's not a, a complete pistol or, or anything. It's just an upper and a lower, and then the brace. I put it in storage somewhere. That's not serialized. Doesn't have to be in the gun store. Well, that's that's also iffy because you know they're telling you to, to uh, basically you have to destroy it. They're also telling, uh, the way I understood it was if you, uh, you, the SOT or FFL, if you remove it before, uh, on Monday, basically, before Tuesday, that, that now that is not um, a pistol brace gun, um, it's not affected by the rule, and that you could late, you could also uh, put the stabilizing braces in your inventory and continue to sell those, that uh, stock of uh, brace. removed braces, but Tuesday... Now it's contraband, and they want you to get rid of it. Monday I can sell it. Tuesday I can't. Correct. 
Got it. All right, I know exactly what I'm going to do. Pistol braces are contraband as of Tuesday. Well, they're uh, the ones that are <laughs> that you waited until they were, became an SBR and then you took it off. So it does make a lot what of sense. What if it's just a pistol brace just laying? What well, uh, then in a it's box. then it's not connected anything. So you had an SBR and then you now it's felony. You remove the pistol brace. You still have the parts. No, I never had it connected. Yeah, let's but if say. it's never connected anything, mm-hmm. then it's just an accessory and it's not regulated. Mm-hmm. And they actually say that right here. They say and, ATF uh, does not regulate accessories. That's right. right. Mm-hmm. So. Okay, so if it's never on the gun in the first place, uh-huh. still in packaging. Yeah, well, not it, still in packaging. It, it wasn't. It wasn't on, on the gun. gun on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. It wasn't on the gun on Tuesday. Yeah, got it. I know exactly what we're going to do. We're all set. Everybody know what they're going to do? What and by the do? way, do, don't call me and ask me. I can't give you legal advice. I'm not an attorney. But I know what I'm going to do. What are you going to do? I'm not telling you. And I'm not giving anyone legal advice. But what are you going to do personally? I'm not going to tell you. But well, ever <laughs> since this, uh, ever since uh, Friday the 13th, um, when they issued the um, what they thought was going to be the final rule, um, my wife, who's also an attorney, I think she's actually listening right now, who is also the best gun trust, female gun trust attorney in Texas. Um, we've been working seven days a week till uh, 10, 11 o'clock at night, um, handling the volume of people that need help. And so for people that want to get a trust and go through you to get the trust, what do you need to do between today and tomorrow? Well, today we're at the office um uh, actually responding to emails and and uh, preparing gun trusts for people. And the website? And it's uh, texasguntrust.com. Okay. And um, uh, Tracy Willie um, is at the office right now um, setting up new gun trusts. And when I get back from this interview, I'm going to be there till probably midnight setting up gun trusts for people. Okay. And then sending out the documents to them and, and just jumping up and down saying they must get them notarized tomorrow. N- uh, no... No excuses. Just run into the bank. Well, UPS stores are great. Yeah. Um, if they're in the South Austin area, um, they can come by the law firm. We do it for free. Nice. Okay. And then um, what other websites they can go to? If for some reason on Monday you you know you guys aren't answering your phones because you're overwhelmed, what, is, what should they do? Then there's a, another website um, that, that basically generates some um, gun trust forms. It's you're not talking to anybody. It's pro- trying to provide you with uh, as much inst- uh, you know, instructions that you can do it yourself. And so it's intended to be a do-it-yourself gun trust uh, form program. Okay. And that one's called guntrustguru.com. And uh, you could go on there right now, and you could enter in all your data. Uh, d- doesn't matter what state you're in. Um, and then uh, select the yes, I want a notary option. That's one of the questions. And then uh, after you uh, click build, it'll generate your forms, and it emails it to you in about two minutes. And then you'd print out uh, three documents and go get those signed and notarized okay. tomorrow. And and what I'm recommending is if instead of calling us the law firm um, tomorrow on Monday because we're going to be snowed under with calls, um, you may want to just get a gun trust guru trust because we can always amend it uh, and convert in our normal law firm trust some day in the future if if you wanted to do that. But okay. but if you wanted to beat the brace ban for trust, gun trust guru would be a really good option. Okay. All right. 
What you got? Any questions for it? Mm-hmm. Uh, Willie? Yes. Mr. Willie? Jim? All right, so definitely uh, you might want to check out TexasGunTrust.com or go to GunTrustGuru.com and try those options out there and see if they work for you. Uh, any other advice you have for people out there, uh, Mr. Willie? My big advice is don't say I'm not going to comply. <laughs> I'm not going to do it um, because, you know, that's the thing, same thing that all the old men in 1968 said, too, with machine guns. And so then now they still have grandpa died and you have machine guns that they find in the attic and they cannot be registered now because it's all contraband. So if you had, if they had just spent the $200 at that point in time as an investment, then, then their grandkids and, and kids wouldn't have to work anymore. So this would be one of those situations where we say post, you know, day 120 in 2023, if it wasn't submitted prior to that, it cannot be submitted after that. No, machine guns um, were the exception to that. Uh, In 86, they were no longer registrable So because you could remove the components back then and register um, as a machine gun and we'd be good to go. In this particular case, if you get past the 120-day rule, discovery uh, it's too late to register for free, then get rid of the stabilizing brace. Now it's just a pistol. And then if you want to convert it into a shortbow rifle, which is what I've been doing for years, then file a normal Form 1 application, pay the $200 tax. Without the brace. Without the brace, because the brace is no longer there. Because uh, you can't a, have it after that 120 right. days. Then you just file. You know, So every you know over the last, uh, I don't know, Whenever I've had uh, bought a pistol brace gun over the last several years, I knew this was coming. I just filed a routinely filed a normal Form 1 application, paid my $200, got my tax stamp, stuck it in the box. That way, if they ever pulled this, they can go bother somebody else. Okay. All right. Can you put a pistol brace on an SBR? If you registered and paid the $200, we're talking yeah, about now SBR. next year, right? Like, let's just say uh, then, I have an SBR. Then can I put it, a pistol brace on it? It's it's a stock. Mm-hmm. So it's you can choose that or you can put a real stock on there. Between now and tomorrow? No, no. He was saying af- uh, sometime next year when this is all, now that's a, you just discovered you're in your gun safe. You've got one of these. It's you know, Can you add it? Remove the stock, uh, the SBR. stabilizing brace, throw it in the trash. It's no longer there. And then file a normal Form 1 application. When the tax stamp comes back, buy your stock, assemble it. You or go. if you found that pistol brace after yeah. you threw it away, right? Yeah, if you somehow, you yeah. know, Grandma you was going through your trash, trash and yeah. took it and put, took it to mm-hmm. her house. And, uh, yeah, you yeah. could do that. But I don't think anybody would really do that uh, because— Nobody uh, would want a brace as a stock. Nobody's anyway. going to want braces anymore um, after this. You don't think so? I don't think so. All right. All right, I want to thank you. Uh, thank you, Jim uh, Willie with the Texas Gun Trust and also the GunTrustGuru.com for coming on the show and, and talking to us about, you know, D-Day, January, 30, January 31st and what's going to happen and talking to us about the amnesty period and what we should expect, you know, in this next 120 days, 22 days. Uh, and we'll see what, what happens. Just keep in mind, we do have these lawsuits that are going forward. The Cargill v. Garland lawsuit has gone forward, and we hope that that lawsuit will help and shield us from this and dial this back. But by that time, you should have already destroyed your brace. We come back from the break, talk about this and more. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. 
Peace, this is Maj Pure. You're listening to Come and Talk at Radio with Michael Cargill. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now, here's Michael Cargill. All right, so we're back. I hope you got a lot of information out of that. Um, Very informative. Uh, So, hope you figured out what you're going to do because we can't give you legal advice. So, don't call me. Don't ask me because I'm not going to tell you. I'm going to figure out what I'm going to do, and I'm going to do it. And so, you need to decide for yourself. That's why you're an adult. Decide what you're going to do and deal with the consequences. Um, Now, I want to talk about this. Is it Tyree Nichols? Is that Mm -hmm. how you pronounce it? Yeah. All right, so Tyree Nichols, I think we have a video. Man, this thing is hard to freaking watch. But um, so apparently this guy was pulled over for reckless driving, and then he attempted to flee on foot. Okay, so first of all, let's talk about that. Uh, Don't run. When you mess up, you know, you got to deal with the consequences of you messing up. Don't run from the police. And whenever anyone runs from the police, nothing good ever comes from that. Okay. Now, so don't do that. Um, but then, then again, police officers also have to follow the same rules when it comes to use of force and daily force that we as civilians follow in most states. So if I can't use force daily force in that situation, then they can't use force daily force in that situation. Because everyone's got to follow the same use of force and daily force laws. You know, when it comes to that, no one has greater privilege than someone else. Keep that in mind. Now, but what in the world are you talking about beating this guy to the to the point to where he dies three days later? Man, this is worse than Rodney King. It really is. And uh, Rodney King didn't die, did he? No, he did not. Yeah, it's it's nuts. I mean, I wasn't even alive at that time or able to remember it. But uh, looking back on it in history and seeing how this all went down. I mean, this is, it's, it's nuts. It looked as if, um, this was gang violence in the street. Like the, the, the cops were literally a gang uh, jumping this kid. Mm. That, that's what it looked like to me. Yeah. And, and like you said, you Bunch know, of thugs. don't run from police, but, but my goodness, it does not, it doesn't, it doesn't it shouldn't justify. Cost, it shouldn't cost you your life. Yeah. Right. Like it doesn't turn into, guess into what? Mob violence he, they, he ran, he got away. We missed him. Oh my goodness! That mean, doesn't mean I can shoot this guy. Doesn't mean I need to beat him to a pulp because he ran. It just means, hey, he got the best of me. I need to work it out in the gym. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what it boils down to. You know, it, it doesn't mean you should beat the guy to a pulp, Mike. You shouldn't take it personal. That becomes personal at that point. Mm-hmm. They were personally offended. Yeah. What do you think? I mean, they were they were they were highly offended. I mean, you could see the the rage um, coming out. I mean, it wasn't. 
and it's it's really interesting to see some conservatives. I mean, you know, we're saying don't run from police, but some conservatives are being like, we don't know the whole story. Let's just, you know, he wasn't so innocent. They are beating this guy while he is handcuffed. Yeah, they, they literally held his hands behind his back and started slamming him in his face. Like you could, it, it's, 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 I'm not even going to describe it. You could see the video. Some, many people don't even want to watch it because just hearing about it is disturbing enough. I mean, it, it was, it was literally the cops jumping. They should, uh, they civilian. should sue the city. They should sue the county. They should sue the, the police department. Everyone should get sued. It's absolutely nuts. I mean, the, the only the only positive thing you can see from this is that we did see accountability. We saw uh, police officers being immediately fired, being charged for their crimes. And uh, even even though the media hyped it up the way it did, everyone was expecting all these riots. And, what you know, many conservatives, you kick over a chair and there's riots. There weren't really any riots mm. over the last few days. It was many peaceful protests. You might have seen, I think there was one video of a kid, you know, uh, messing up a car, a cop car or something, but it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, I don't, it wasn't I don't anywhere have, near 2020. Honestly, in a situation like this, I don't have a problem with them tearing stuff up. <laughs> you know, if that brings about change, you got to do what you got to do because that's pretty bad. That's bad. That could be your son. That could be your brother. That could be your uncle. That could be your father. That was bad. He was handcuffed and they beat him until he died three days later. Didn't shoot him. They beat him, and he died three days later. That's not an easy thing to do either. No. The human body can take a lot, a lot of punishment. A lot of punishment. His took a lot of punishment. Well, it's, it's, even, it's, it's even more paralyzing to watch when you, when you start from the beginning and watch the entire thing. I mean, that kid was not that big, and these police officers were huge. I mean— it's like me, my skinny butt over here getting, you know, beaten down by huge guys. I mean, those were big police officers taking on a little guy. I mean, it shouldn't take that much force to to put him in handcuffs or just do him. And yeah, they clearly, went above and beyond. Exactly. They went they way above and beyond. And, you know, when you do that to someone that's that's not even half your size, of course, you know, you're going to end up taking their life. Yeah. And and that's why, honestly, that's why we, you know, I, I, I try to tell people until I'm blue in the face, you know, you got to comply, you know, as best as you possibly can. You got to comply and let your attorney do that, uh, do the fighting for you in court. Because um, when they, they go over the overboard like that, and but then on the same breath, when they push you to, you know, when they go overboard that way, you, you, you're basically trying to breathe. You're trying to survive. Because they're beating you to a pulp to the point that you're actually trying to protect yourself. You know, so what do you do, you know? You know what they say. What? You can beat the rap, but you can't beat the ride. Yeah, man, know what they say. He, he who shoots first wins. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just keeping it real. <laughs> well, look, I mean, the police officers are always looking for a reason to escalate a situation, not to generalize them all the time. But, you know, if there's a reason, they will escalate it. Right. Um, however, but you, like you said, you, it gets to a point where, okay, do you comply or, or is it fight or flight? Are you right. really, you know, are you really concerned for your life? Do you think that there is going to be a point after this? And right. for Tyree, well, there wasn't a point after this. Yeah. Do you let these cops put you in handcuffs and then do whatever they want? In this case, he was in handcuffs and he was still. Yeah. Once he once he's in handcuffs, getting... he's in their custody. Ooh. 
and for them to do what they did while he's in their custody, man, that's and this guy, you know, basically crying for his mother, yeah, handcuffed. He did literally cry yeah, for literally. his mother. Yeah. You know, there's there's no way they there's no way for them to get out of this whatsoever. And anyone that comes to their aid is, man, you are part of the problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you really do. Because don't run from the cops, okay? Now let's get past that point. Once they have you in handcuffs, they shouldn't be beating this guy. He's already in custody. Yeah, you got him. You got him. Mm-hmm. You won. He lost. So why, you know, don't beat him. You know, there's no that, there's there's nothing I can say to that whatsoever. You know, yeah, this this is just crazy. Uh, I, my my, you know, my heart goes out to his family, his mother. You know, and you know what? I would make sure I I would have an open casket. I'll let the public see. Bring all the let all the cameras in. Let them see. Kind of like Emmett Till. I want the entire world to see my baby's face, so they know you know what he experienced and what he went through. Thomas Harrison says, "If Mister Nichols just followed commands at the beginning, we would not be here." And and that may be true. That's why I always say you got to comply, got to comply because you met you already messed up. You know you're reckless. You know you're reckless driving. You messed up. Let's go ahead and let them. You know go ahead and handcuffs you and you know put you in the back of the vehicle and do what they're gonna do and let your attorney do the rest of that. Yeah. And then on the same breath, once he's in custody, you won. You got him. He's in custody. Stop. Well, and let me just say this, because, you know, we have people going off in the chat. We're going to have people just saying, don't run, don't run, don't run. Okay, we've said that from the beginning. It doesn't justify killing and, and like, a, police officers jumping a an a, a bystander. Right. Or, or, or a civilian, not a bystander, a civilian. I mean, whether they're running or not, it doesn't justify, uh, what do you call it, deadly force, right? So, you know, running off the table, but... We have to figure out why this is going on. We're we're holding people accountable, but is this really going to change? Because this is this isn't the first time this happened. This is continuing. Um, what do we think the solution here is? Ah, in this case here, I think the death penalty. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talking. This is Coley on the War, and you're listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now, here's Michael Cargill. And my question for people out there, you know, what would happen if this guy, Tyree Nichols, was to kill one of the police officers? What if he did that? What would be his fate? Do people typically get the death penalty if they kill a police officer? Oh, you will. Being, oh, yes. Well, and the way in which you did most, it, too. I yes. mean, if you just most of the time, yes, yes. And you beat him with your hands? Oh, absolutely. You handcuffed him and then beat him with his hands? <laughs> yeah, you're going to get the death penalty. Uh-huh. I'm pretty, especially in Texas, they you will fry. Well, well I'm from Florida, so in Florida, you know, we, old Sparky, you know, we missed old Sparky. <laughs> well, look, and this is, this is something interesting, you know, as someone who's like anti-authoritarian, like I've never really cared for police, but after 2020, people, I think, went way too far. Um, however, something that's always irritated me is, is just like, like you said, wh- where's the accountability at? Like if, if civilians were doing this to police officers, <laughs> police officers wouldn't take it. However, uh-uh. you know, when it comes to a police officer, well, we got to back to blue. Well, you should just comply. Well, this, well, that there's always asterisks. There's always like, well, they kind of put it on themselves. Well, 
what happened if the what would happen if the roles were were reversed? Mm. Right? Would mm-hmm. we be throwing people in jail? Would we be giving them death penalties if they if 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 a gang of individuals brutally murdered a cop that way? One police officer beat this guy so bad he hurt himself. That's bad. Broke his hands or what? He when he finished beating him, watch as he walks away. You got to watch the video. And one cop actually limps away. That's how bad he he was kicking and beating this guy. He hurt, he hurt himself. Well, and they were taking turns. They had to like you saw one of the one of the officers had to walk away, catch a breather, so he could go back and then pull out his tag his, me uh, in Nat's nightstick. Yeah. Tag me back in. Tag me back in. I'm ready to beat him up a little <laughs> bit more. Yeah, that's that's pretty bad. It's way yeah. above and beyond. Yeah. So just say no. And and I always like to I like to keep things fair. I like to look at things, um, and and call it like I see it. Um, and there are a lot of situations where, you know, people don't listen, uh, to the commands that are that police officers are given. There sometimes their commands are confusing, uh, and we like to look at all different situations, all different videos and stuff like that, and give you our honest opinion. And this is my honest opinion in this situation. Um, so. This is very bad, and everyone should be, ex- you know, upset about this. You know, yes, you should not run from police officer. Uh, when the police officers have you in handcuffs, yes, they should not beat the person to the point that the person dies a few days later. You know, sorry, simple so, as that. Mike, this black man was killed by police. Is that racism? I I don't think I don't think it was. I don't. It's not racism. I, and I never. I, don't, I try not to say that it's. Race when it comes to that, but there's there's a mentality, there's a the definitely a us against them mentality when it comes to a lot of situations, and then you they're they're you know in the psychology world you know we may say this is like a group think you know where you know they were they all got together and just jumped on this guy and attacked him you know because it was like a group think you know they're mob just mentality. like you said a mob mentality yeah it really did turn into and I'm not a psychologist. Quick. What'd you say? It really did turn into that real quick. And then you did in maybe I'm going on a maybe I'm reaching here. I don't think I am, but I think there's probably a lot of nepotism within police departments where you're playing favoritism. You're bringing people in that, you know, think like you act like you. I mean, you know, many, many people are saying that this was a heavily uh, African-American police department. I mean, that's yeah, yeah, that doesn't that still doesn't mean that favoritism and like that old good boy mentality doesn't exist. It doesn't mean they don't overstep their bounds. Right. Right. You still, need, we still it doesn't officers. care. It doesn't care the color. I don't care the color, your race, nationality. You still need to be held accountable for things that you do wrong. Truck drivers. It, it doesn't matter if the truck driver's white, black, or whatever. You know, you jump the curve, you run over some people, you're gonna the the hand of justice is gonna get you. If you were supposed to drive um, you know, ten hours and you drove twelve hours, the hand of justice is gonna get you. You're gonna be held to a much higher standard because you're a truck driver. Commercial drivers are held to a much higher standard. They can't be .08. That's a, another limit for truck drivers and commercial drivers. You can't be .08 as a commercial driver, you know, and 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 still drive. So dr- truck drivers are held to a much higher standard. And I'm saying, my goodness, you know, we need to hold police officers, people that are trained law enforcement officers, that same standard. We don't say we don't make excuses for truck drivers. Oh, well, they've been driving, you know, ten hours. They're kind of tired. You know, they're driving cross country. We need to, you know, give them a little break and stuff like that. It's okay that they ran over that family. Yeah, it's okay they ran over. You know, little Melissa. She was sitting in the back of the car. You know, no, we don't say that. No, we held that we hold them accountable, and they're prosecuted. 
and, and they're held, they're responsible for financially. So same thing, you know, should, you know, law enforcement officers have insurance, liability insurance? Well, San Jose is the first uh, city that requires insurance for gun owners. So they've started doing that now. If you have a gun, you have to have insurance. Should we should require that for law enforcement officers? That's a, that's a real question. That's a tangle whale we weave. Honestly, that's, hot. That's why I'm asking. It's a tangle whale. Well, we weave. the taxpayers will just pay it off anyway in the end, right? That's kind of the problem. Is it comes with taxpayer hot take? If you had private security, you could actually do that. You know, private police officers, but we don't live in that anarcho-capitalistic world. Um, and this is what happens when you have, you know, essentially the police officers just being able to make money off the public and have them pay for their problems. Mm. Yeah. Well, you know, hopefully um, something good will come out of this, you know, and hoping that I think they've disbanded that, that department or that, you know, that little section of the police department there. So, but hopefully, you know, some real change will come from this. And I think we will see something different, uh, but the public's got to, you know, demand some change. Yeah, wasn't there a little unit called like the Scorpion unit or something like that? Yeah, yeah, and 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 it's just like you know, Rodney King. Unless the public demands something, you know, nothing will different will happen. You know, things are getting better slowly but surely, but unfortunately, in order for that to happen, the public's got to demand it. Uh, someone asked this question in class one day. They said, you know, Michael, you know, what can you defend, you know, yourself in a situation where guns are illegal? You know, in that place, and I said, "Well, you know, there wasn't a there wasn't a situation where a doctor was in the hospital, and a shooter went into the hospital to start shooting people inside the hospital. Well, guns inside of a hospital are a felony in most states. You can't have a gun inside of a hospital. Well, the doctor had a gun in his desk, pulled out his gun out of his desk, shot the shooter, and stopped him. But the officer was still charged, thanks to the public and the outcry of the public." You know, he wasn't fully prosecuted for that. But the public's got to stand up. So the public's got to stand up in this situation and demand something different, demand change. Unless that happens, then nothing different's going to happen. This will happen again and again and again. What do you guys think? Am I close? Am I wrong? I need the death penalty. <laughs> that is a change. That would be a big change. That would be. Like you said, send a send a clear message. Yeah. All right. Because, yeah, killing a police officer is one of nine capital felonies. Mm. Yeah, you can't do that. So that should be a capital felony if a police officer kills someone that they have in, in their custody. custody. In their custody. You killed someone that who, who you had in you your You are responsible for that person when they are in your custody. That is, that is correct. You're responsible for the health of that person. Too, hey, right? don't call we, me a conspiracy theorist, but it sure sounds like Sandra Bland, if you ask me. Mm, not quite. They were in custody. There's a lot of there's a lot of questions floating around about that. Did she do it to herself? That's the question. Yeah. Don't Jeffrey know. Epstein as well. They didn't protect him enough. He killed himself in jail. Well, hey, I mean that's actually a good point. <laughs> that is a good point. That's suicide. Yeah. You see a lot of people getting suicide. We don't talk. We're not allowed to talk about suicide because if we talk about suicide, then more people commit suicide. We're only allowed to talk about shootings. Oh uh, well, Jeffrey Epstein <laughs> didn't commit suicide, and so. neither did Sandra Bland. So, <laughs> okay, all right, all right. We come back. Um, 
And let's see what we're going to talk about today. We got to talk about we got a couple things we need to cover. I uh, got to talk about the the um, there's a mass shooting, several mass shootings in California. California has the strictest gun laws that we have in the nation. How come we're not hearing about this? <laughs> well, you know, because uh, maybe because the 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 makeup of the shooters. I think I heard about one, maybe. They're but not, it's like it's not, not being your, blasted all I don't over the place. Because they're not your typical white males. So if they're your typical white males, then we'd be hearing about it everywhere. And it's in California, too. That's right. So, it, you know... It, ha it has to be a white male, and then the in media Texas. will talk about it all over the place. Yeah. You know, but it's not. It's something, you know, that person is another, you know, race, nationality, or whatever, then it's going to die down, and it's not going to be national attention. You know how this works. Come on. We know how this stuff works. Don't call me. Don't email me. Don't write me. <laughs> I like to call it like I see it. All right. So, but, but California supposed to be, you know, they're supposed to have some of the strictest gun laws that we have in the nation. And there is like shooting after shooting after shooting after shooting in California by guns that are not even supposed to be legal in the state. Hmm. Would have thought about that. Yeah. We come back from the break. Going to talk about that. Also going to talk about New York. We're going to go to Dallas. And we got to, you got to do something in Florida. You know, there's nothing like a Florida man. Got to cover that Florida because there's something always good happens in Florida because they are crazy over there in Florida. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talking. Hey, this is AWR Hawkins of Breitbart News, and you're listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now, here's Michael Cargill. All right, so we're back. Man, let me tell you. Good Lord. California. California has more than 100 gun laws. But why don't they stop more mass shootings? Hmm. The state of California is still reeling from back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back attacks that left at least 19 people dead. The killings have spurred lawmakers to call for more regulations. So they're saying, look, we have 100 laws, you know, 100 gun laws. Ah, we, need a, we need a few more. And maybe that'll stop some of these shootings. <laughs> so California ban, bans guns for domestic violence offenders. It bans them for people deemed a danger to others or themselves. There is a ban on large capacity magazines, a ban on noise muffling silencers, semi-automatic guns of the sort um, known, as, uh, known as assault weapons are famously banned. More than 100 gun laws, the most of any state, are on the books in California. They have saved lives, according to policymakers. Californians have among the lowest rates of gun death in the United States. But they can't stop the mass shootings. Yet this month, those laws failed to stop the massacres of at least 19 people in back-to-back -back mass shootings. The tragedies in Monterey Park, Half Moon Bay, have confounded Americans who regard California as, at, at best case, bastion of gun safety in a nation awash with firearms, according to them. Inside the state, gun rights opponents, uh, proponents say that the shootings show that California's strategy is a failure. Gun safety groups, meanwhile, have already begun mobilizing for more laws, 
better enforcement. As details emerge in the investigations, the numerous shortcomings have been highlighted, even with California's uh, crazy laws. So, you know, what? it hit me that, you know, they always want to talk about enforcement when it comes to the gun laws. And it's usually those same people, you know, that are, you know, want to ban guns and, hey, we need more law enforcement, more uh, police. But then when there's a shooting, you know, like the situation in what state was that? Tyrese in? Is that uh, Tyree? That was Tennessee. In Tennessee? Tennessee. That's right. So in Tennessee, like, well, do you, you want more policing or less policing? Make up my mind. <laughs> So uh, whenever you enact more gun laws, they're going to affect the people that are being sh- being killed and shot by police, whoever those people are. So things like the brace ban, bump stock ban, those things are going to affect a certain group of people. Those people that you say are victims of law enforcement. Anytime we have more gun laws, they're going to affect certain people in this country. They're going to be the ones that are targeted by the more gun laws. So the more gun laws you create, the more interaction law enforcement you're going to create. Understand? That's how it's going to work. You get me? Too bad that's not really the point of more <laughs> gun laws. So wait, you're saying that more laws doesn't equal more freedom? No, it does not. You create more laws, you're going to create more interaction with law enforcement. And the people that are going to have that interaction are those people that you're complaining about today that are being killed by law enforcement because you created more laws. Crazy how all this kind of meshes together. What right? a concept, you know? I love going to all these little protests. You know, like I went to Houston Tillerson when they had their uh, candlelight vigil and, you know, and they had their makeshift security. By the way, some of those people were not uh, authorized to be security uh, at that place, at that event. But I digress. And then, you know, I make sure I carry there because, by the way, this is at Houston Tillerson, which is a private university. In a private university in Texas, you can't carry in the building. The building means the premises, but I can carry outside the building. They had this event outside the building. So I carried three guns, by the way. And so I take my own personal safety in my own hands. I'm not going to leave it to someone else to provide security for me. But you're supposed you're you hiring people to provide security for you to bring guns. But you think guns are the problem. I'm confused. Doesn't make much sense, does it? No, it doesn't. Uh, doesn't make much sense at all. Uh, and so I, I was listening to um, I was watching on Twitter how they were going back and forth and talking about the event yesterday, and I was like, hey, by the way. You know those people, and anytime you see someone wearing a face mask, a face covering nowadays, uh, you know they're hiding something, okay? <laughs> and so me, being the person that I am, you know, I'm like, oh, let's go look some, let's look some stuff up. Let's look up, you know, let's look up their, you know, security license. You know, let's go investigate some things and see what we can find. I'm telling you, those people, those people did not have, they're not security officers that are licensed through the state of Texas, okay? Uh, so, and I put, my, I'll put my reputation on it. And so I'm not going to put my personal safety in someone else's hands that's not qualified to perform security when I'm at some type of event or anywhere. So 
I mean, this it, people are just insane to me, just completely crazy. Um, what else is going on out there? What's going on with you? Just work, 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 man. I Working? mean, that's that's it. We're just getting back to it. Brand new year, brand new stuff. And what about Texas legislature? Anything you guys, you know, you, anything you're eyeing into at the Texas Capitol since we're in session? When in session, January the tenth, they're going to be in session up until Memorial Day. Anything you guys are eyeing in the in the in the Liberty Movement? Yeah, I mean, uh, I can only speak for myself um, because I don't work in the legislature anymore. But you know, working with um, Republican Liberty Caucus, working with log cabins, what I really like to push is defend the guard. Um, What's that? It's a bill that essentially uh, says to the federal government that we cannot put our Texas guardsmen into foreign wars without a formal declaration of war. Mm-hmm. Uh, Greg Abbott actually went on Tucker Carlson two weeks ago and said that we are the most used defend. Uh, we're the most used National Guard in foreign wars. Texas, yes, Texas is, and. Uh, you know that it's a good, really good argument because uh, for the, for the border, I mean, everybody wants to put the guardsmen on the border to solve that problem. But you know, uh, we have all of our guardsmen usually in all these foreign wars, and even right now, Abbott said the same thing. Like, the Texas guards are the most used out of the entire um, country for um, additional warfare. Wow. So that's something that I would like to do to make sure that we have, uh, you know, protections here in Texas. God forbid anything happens, um, an immediate risk or immediate danger. You know, we have our guardsmen here in Texas and not fighting in some foreign land. Yeah. And so, uh, so Zach, you know, what do you think about all this brace band stuff? Uh, it's going to get interesting soon. Real I mean, soon. what's going to happen with the whole uh, Cargill v. Garland? That's gonna that be going sa- to be It's going to be our saving grace. It's going to be related. Is it going to be applicable? Case law. What about Chevron deference? Case law. It's Case going to be, law. It's going to be, yeah, and that's what we need to go forward. The ATF cannot create law. Can't right? create law. Man, and it, it's, it is brilliantly crafted. The way the Fifth Circuit wrote this ruling, it is, it just begs the Supreme Court to take this case on. It begs them. It just, it throws it in their lap. Here you go. We just gave it to you. Go forth and do great things. And we need this precedent. Like, we need it. We really do. Yeah. Because uh, this this brace ban is just crazy. Something that's a very common used firearm is being banned. Your worst fears are coming to light. Everything we talk about. No, we're not coming after your guns. We're not trying to get your guns. Uh, crimes are committed. Majority of crimes are committed with handguns. Handguns. Not any, I don't know any crime that's been committed with a brace. Name me one. Name me one crime that's been committed with a brace because I can't think of anything we talked about on this show at all where we talked about someone committed this crime and they had a brace. Not one case. Just wait in a the, couple days. In the fifth year. <laughs> you're right about that. <laughs> then they'll have uh, you're, you're the right brace and they will be committing the crime of owning the brace. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Just wait a few days. Yeah, you're right about that. Yeah. Well, let's go to Dallas. All right, so um, hey, Casey, check this out. So Dallas police released a video from a shootout with Capitol murder suspect on Wednesday. So this happened in Dallas. They finally released the video. Uh, Dallas Police Chief Eddie Gar- uh, Garcia also offered new details on the standoff that left a Capitol murder suspect dead and an officer injured. Uh, the video shows the violent end to a Wednesday standoff the Dallas police say a capital murder suspect fired at, at officers at least two times, 
Six officers fired back with 57 gunshots. Body-worn cameras show the volley of bullets during the deadly shootout between Dallas police and 18-year-old Joey Freire. 18, dude, really? Man, what, is it, what is it with these teenagers that are committing crimes? You know, I, I was talking with, um, uh, sitting down talking with some people that work at the um, at juvenile detention center. And I asked them, I said, you know, how in the world are these teenagers getting these guns? Like in Austin, how are teenagers getting their hands on guns? And they said, we asked the kids. I said, you, so you talk to these kids? Yeah, he said, we talk to these kids. These kids will tell you anything. They will tell you, you know, and they brag about it. I said, okay, well, fine. How are they getting these guns? They said, from unlocked vehicles. Oh, yeah. Unlocked vehicles. Unlocked. Unlocked vehicles. So you... Who ha- you have your gun in your vehicle. You don't bring your gun into the home, you know, overnight. And you you accidentally hit that, 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 you hit that key fob and you unlock your door by mistake. That's all it takes. You know what I do? I purposely put my keys in a metal container so I can't hit them, can't press them. No signal goes out, you know, to the vehicle at all when I'm inside the home. And so I don't accidentally hit that button. And also, so someone don't drive by my, you know, drive by my house and try to grab the signal, try to steal my car. But that's a whole another story. I'm not trying. I'm not saying I'm paranoid. I'm just prepared. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so you know, we do that. We we'll take those steps to make sure that we don't accidentally hit that button, so you don't accidentally unlock the vehicle and someone gets your gun in your vehicle, and then remove the gun from the vehicle. What a concept! Take the gun from the vehicle, bring it to the home. You know, every single night, lock your doors, lock your vehicle, check it, do a nine o'clock routine to make sure you do this. Right? And this will keep all of us safe. We'll keep those guns off the street. As always, more guns equals less crime. You go out there and you buy yourself a gun. You listen to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.